everyone, I'm Hope Lehman. I'm Camila Richardson. And I'm Marisol Catchings. And welcome to Just Be, a podcast by and for Black women entrepreneurs. joining us a little bit later uh, today we have a special guest Charmaine Green from Happy Spark Media and we'll be discussing being a boss welcome Charmaine welcome ladies how are you doing we're good how are you Camila I'm that was such a difficult question to ask answer earlier and now I'm like I have a set answer <laughs> I'm good thank you <laughs> good all right so we're just gonna jump right into it. Um, we want to know a little bit more about you, Charmaine. So I'm gonna let Camila kick that off. Yes. So I met Charmaine at a. How did we meet? Kapoor. We met at the Kapoor Center in Oakland, which we will link in the show notes because they are a great uh, place to know. Um, and we were at a 500 startups. Yeah. Uh, event and yeah she said oh I love your makeup and I said what <laughs> I just put some lipstick on I thought and had some mascara on <laughs> but she was like oh I love your makeup um and we just kind of started talking from there and then we've hung out uh, a few more times and yeah kind of gotten to know each other and learned each other's journey but I would love for you to um, tell us what is your journey to entrepreneurship and how you got started and yeah. All right, great. I'd love to. Um, yeah, it's so funny. I'll never forget the day I met you, Camila, because she says she just put on lipstick, but she was glowing. And I like I I like walked up to her and I was like, oh, my God, your makeup looks amazing. Tell me your secrets. And you're like, what? And then we started talking and then we realized we had like a mutual friend. Um, so worked from there. Um, but yeah, so my personal journey to entrepreneurship, I started when I was 19 years old. Um, so growing up, um, I grew up in a household where we didn't talk about money. Um, I didn't really know anything about building wealth. And so I lived in predominantly white areas. Um, and when, so when I would go to school and talk to, you know, my friends or classmates, I slowly began to realize that they were learning different things from their parents, mm-hmm. um, whether it was like investing, saving, et cetera. And so I realized at a young age that I would have to teach myself. So not only like supplemental like education, learning like black history that was not taught in school, um, but also wanted to learn more about business and wealth, et cetera. Um, so when I was 19, um, I was in college and I had another um, a black friend who's also the same age, and she started a business. And so I was like, oh, well, she can do it. I can do it. (laughs) And so, yeah, at 19, yeah, I started my first business, and, you know, it was just a great journey. Like, pretty much I just went. I was in San Diego at the time, um, and I would go home to see my family and, you know, talk to different businesses, negotiate great deals. I would go straight to the manufacturer and the wholesalers, um, go back up to college and just sell it to all the sorority girls. And um, I had a, a business where I sold like um, shoes and handbags and just accessories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. 
and it was right before right around the time the internet was kind of getting big like early 2000s i'm like dating myself um but uh <laughs> yeah so um that kind of like just started the journey um and then i studied entrepreneurship in school um and so i had these really great teachers i went to csu chico and um yeah just had professors that currently were business owners and also just teaching on the side and so we did to visit their businesses, learn from and learn about them. Um, and it was just really great and really inspiring. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like how I first got, you know, into, you know, entrepreneurship. And I just kind of just fell in love from there, just being my own boss. Um, yeah. So I have had um, corporate jobs before. Mm-hmm. Um, I did work in biotech, um, pharmaceuticals for a while. Um, and it was great because I was able to help um, patients that had HIV, um, you know, different diseases um, that were really sick, cancer patients, um, get therapy for free um, because they didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. And so I'd advocate on their behalf um, and talk with the doctors, the social workers, um, the pharmaceutical companies, make sure they can get their therapy and pretty much fight them like every step of the way. Um, it was really rewarding. So I always still had a business on the side, uh, but I kept going with that job just because it was just amazing just talking with patients that, you know, maybe they had just been diagnosed with HIV. Maybe they just came out to their parents. They were kicked out of their house. They were homeless and they couldn't afford, you know, Truvada or Triple or their therapy. Um, so it was really great to like help make a difference, you know. But after a while, I noticed that <laughs> I reached that glass ceiling or what is it, uh, you know, concrete ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized I definitely had to go and become, you know, more of like a full time entrepreneur when. I tried to apply for a position, and they w- refused to hire me. And then um, I ended up training the woman that took the job. So I had to like show her exactly what to do. Excuse <laughs> me. No. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, no. and that, and then the, and the micromanagement. It just was not. It was not a good, not a good place to be. I felt like it was slowly killing my soul. And I just felt so, I don't just trampled on, you know, the micromanagement. You start doubting yourself and can I do anything? You know what I mean? So I was like, it's just very toxic um, culture. And so, yeah, I decided to leave and, you know, I started doing business full time after that. Yeah, awesome. that's my what, journey. What happened to the first business that you started? Yeah, so for the first business, I actually sold it. Um, so I've sold three companies. Um, so I'm pr- kind of like a serial entrepreneur. I like to start it. It's so fun to, like, start stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you're running it day-to-day and you're like, oh, this is, like, really a lot of work. I'd rather, you know what I mean? It's so much work. You have to put blood, sweat, and tears into it. Um, yeah, so a lot of time what I've done is, you know, build something up um, and then sell it, um, you know, to a new business owner. And sometimes I... It depends on, like, where they are. If they've owned a business before, they kind of need less hand-holding um, than with others. If they're new, uh, especially if it's, like, an online store, you know, I'll walk them through, like, the whole process. Like, you know, this is what you do. This is how you take the orders. This is how you ship it out. Like, you know, et cetera. So it's, it's really rewarding to, you know, help other entrepreneurs, like, get started in the game. Um, yeah. And so lately I've been not only working on Happy Spark Media, but also trying to build up other passive income streams. So... Yeah. That sounds amazing. How do you how do you find people to buy your businesses? Like how do you go about that whole process? Because that sounds really interesting and amazing and like how 
yeah, how do you negotiate that? And um, I guess, is it profitable to sell a business? Okay, that's a great question, Mari. Um, so basically, you can find them a number of ways. You can go through family and friends, like maybe, you know, people you know have kind of heard about what you're doing and your success, and they kind of want to try it on their own. Um, and also just, you know, I hate to say it, just going online. Um, Flippa, Empire Flippers, there's a lot of different websites and resources, even Facebook, where, you know, you can put something up for sale um, and people can contact you if they're, you know, if they're interested. Um, yeah, and so it is definitely profitable um, on that side. And then also, if you've developed a store, um, so say, so I'm pretty much a certified Shopify developer. Um, so I can create different stores um, and sell it, um, but also get referral income um, based on, you know, the person that, that bought it. Um, so that's like a nice like little chunk of like passive income that comes in every month as long as they have like an active um, Shopify membership. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's really exciting. Um, and then can you tell us a little bit more about Happy Spark Media? Happy Spark Media um, is pretty much a brand new company. It's my little baby. Um, I started it a couple months ago, um, just a soft launch. We did an official hard launch on the first, so just yesterday. Um, so pretty much we do web design, um, branding, SEO, PPC, um, social media content creation, um, managing um, those social media accounts, um, and also advertising um, on Facebook and other different social media platforms. So, yeah, and pretty much when I started it, I started because it was hard for me to find when I had all these different businesses, like a reliable company that could handle that for me. Um, you know, it was just, it was so hard. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think I can move into this space and really help, you know, relieve some of the stress a lot of entrepreneurs feel. Um, having to do everything on their own. You always had to be on, you know, you always had to be engaging, you know, with people online and, you know, let alone like offline, you know, activities. So I, I know how stressful it can be. Um, so I just wanted to be, you know, my company be a great place where entrepreneurs can go, you know, and I can just, you know, help them. Yeah, I think we can definitely relate to like doing everything, wearing all the hats. I mean, you know, you've had many businesses and so, yeah, I think I'm right there <laughs> wearing all the hats and the social media and <laughs> the social media, the, you know, handling, yes, offline business, online business. I feel like people are contacting me like all day and even into the night. And I was like, I think I need to make a hard line like nine o'clock after nine. I'm not responding to you until the next day or something like that. But yeah, content creation and social media. I know that there are a lot of you know, with us speaking to so many black women here in the Bay Area, there are so many people that I'm like, you have a wonderful product. This is amazing. Do you have a website? Do you have Instagram? Do you have Facebook? Where can I find you? And they, you know, they're really great at running the business and getting the product, but may need some help with their social media. And so I, I do come across a lot of women who do need help with social media. So that's amazing. And yeah, good luck to you this is this is awesome and you know ladies we will have link a link to um charmaine's business so that way you can get help with your social media because we know that that is work yes charmaine is gonna free me we've already discussed this <laughs> for my social media chains <laughs> so yes i think that you're absolutely right um 
having all the components and having help with that is extremely helpful when you're an entrepreneur for sure. All right, you guys, we'll be right back. And when we come back, you know, we have some stats for you. That's how we get down here at the Just Be Podcast. We'll be right back. black facts. Thank you, Charmaine, for that. (laughs) As we know, black women are the fastest growing entrepreneurs in the country right now, but we are the least likely to have employees. 97.5% of black owned, black women owned businesses do not have employees and black women have the lowest paid employees of all the races. That is interesting. That is very interesting. Okay. And uh, according to the Color of Entrepreneurship, why the racial gap among firms costs the U.S. billions, um, which we will add to our show notes, uh, this study states that businesses with paid employees have a much greater economic impact than those with it, without employees. The annual sales of businesses without employees are on average only a fraction of the sales of businesses with employees. While there are some firms without employees that are very successful financially, the majority of are not. 67.3% of firms without employees had annual sales of less than $25,000. Any profits from these firms made, if they did make profits, would only be a fraction of the total sales. This means that the firms without employees do not make enough to keep their owners and their owners' families out of poverty if the firm is the owner's sole source of income. On the other hand, a majority, 57.9% of businesses with paid employees, had annual sales of more than $250,000. It is more likely that these firms are earning profits for their owners. These firms also provide an income for employees of the firm. So basically what this study is saying is that sole proprietorships or single-owned, single-owner businesses make less than or about or less than $25,000 a year. And uh, most firms with employees earn about $250,000 a year. Like that is a huge difference huge and I mean can you imagine like 97.5 percent of black women-owned businesses like yes we're the fastest growing but does that mean that we earn the most Hmm. right if so if statistically we have $25,000 for each sole proprietorship like we're not we're not reaching our our goals here I would like to ask why do you think that is why do you think that we are the least likely to have employees Charmaine, you want to hit this one off? (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely do. Um, I made a long list of the reasons why I think uh, black women are least likely to hire people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think at the core of it 
is part of our culture and the strong black woman myth. Um, I think that's ingrained in us ever since we're little, um, that we are strong, we can handle everything on our own. Um, and then to ask for help is to admit that you are weak. And so I think a lot of like women business owners that are black um, really believe that they not only have to, but they should carry the burden on their back. Um, I think as like a group of women, we're used to being the mules. Um, we're used to working hard. We're used to like laboring, um, sometimes getting credit for it, sometimes not. Um, sometimes oh, being tossed. Not. Yeah, sometimes right. being tossed aside. Um, so I think culturally it's just ingrained in us to grind and to work hard and um, that, you know, you can only trust yourself, um, you know, and then just even think about it, you know, what's the most popular show for black women right now? Scandal. And what's her tagline? <laughs> I'll handle it. Okay. So Whoa. that's why black women really identify with her because she's the prototype strong black woman. Um, and she can handle everything. So to have employees is to admit that you need help, is which is a weakness. And so I think like psychologically, it's a barrier um, for a lot of Black women to, um, you know, want to hire other people. But I also have other reasons as well. But that's just the root of it, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna just say that I have been marathoning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have been binge watching. No, I stopped watching it, like, I don't know, a few seasons ago. And so now I'm catching up. And I was like, <gasps> last night, like, every night, I'm like, okay, two episodes. I got to go two episodes. Oh, so now I'm on season six. and But you're right. She is the strong black woman. And she does fix everything. I feel like there are some other things with that show that are very interesting. But, like, I, I, I definitely agree. And I can identify with that as a sole proprietor. I don't have any employees currently. Um, I did hire contract contractors like or uh, this summer to help me with some of my sewing. But I feel like for the most part, I'm like, oh, I can do all of this on my own. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, no, I can't do all of this on my own. I mean, we've talked about this in previous episodes where yeah. it's just like it gets to be too much. But I do feel like, you know, oh, I can do that. I should do this. I can do that. Like, I don't. I think another part of it is that like sometimes thinking about it and it's backwards because the study actually shows that that it's backwards, right? Like if you end up paying someone, they're cutting into the profits that you're making, but you're able to make more profit when you hire someone and you don't take on all of the burden of doing everything. I agree. And I think it also, it for myself, it comes down to a trust issue. Can I trust this person? You know, this is something that I've built. If they mess it up, this is my livelihood. This is how I pay my bills. This is how I eat. And so for me, it's handing over. It's it's having trust in someone enough. You're handing your baby over. Yes. It's like giving <laughs> someone my baby, but um, also needing to recognize that when you are at that point, that you need to grow to be able to allow yourself to grow. But I'm also curious, what are some of the other uh, items on your list that you wrote of why you think uh, black women uh, don't hire employees or have staff? Okay. Some of the other reasons why I think black women are least likely um, to hire employees um, is just fear of the unknown. Um, also just fear of having less control. I think a lot of business owners are the strong type A personality um, where they want things done their way. They're kind of impatient. Um, they may be creative. 
um, et cetera. So I think that can be a barrier. Um, just lack of mentors and a network of, you know, successful business people they can go to and ask, you know, about how to hire people and managing, you know, the policies and the legal aspects, et cetera. Um, also, I think there's just a general misconception that you do need a lot of money in order to hire people. Um, I think if you need help, there's always a way you can, you know, try to find a way to work around it. Also, personalities. So introvert versus extrovert. Um, so if you're an introvert, you are probably going to be drawn towards more of the creative fields where you can work on your own, like you're okay with the solitude. Um, and so maybe harder for you, you know, to admit that you need help and to hire other people and manage them. Like they may give you more of a headache than the thought of, you know, staying up for two or three days working on a project, you know, all by yourself. Um, yeah. And then also I think that women like in society tells us that we need to be likable. Um, we always need to be pleasant and smile, et cetera. Um, when you're a boss, you, I'm sorry, but you cannot always be liked. Okay, there are going to be times when you have to speak up, um, you know, enforce your opinion, um, maybe go against, you know, like what others, you know, your employees want to do. Um, so I think culturally as women, um, it's hard for us to stand up and be a leader and be okay with not being liked. I think that is a wonderful list. Thank you for putting yeah. so much thought into that. Oh, my God. Because some of those definitely resonated. And I didn't even think about like introvert versus extrovert. Because I know that there, I do meet a lot of people, I mean, because I vend all the time. And so I do meet a lot of people that are like definitely introverted and it, it does make it harder for them to be like sellers, like out in the street. But then I, I think, it, yeah, we, we do. I know that I'm kind of in between. So I'm very personable. I can talk to people. I can get along with them. But I also like my alone time. Like, I'm like, okay, I need to shut all of you out. I can't talk to you and like no one. I need to just be in my own space by myself. And, but yeah, that's a really, that's a really good one right there about black women bosses. We do want to say that Hope has joined us. Welcome Hope to the episode. We're really excited to have you back. Yes. Yes, I'm back. I'm here. I'm human. <laughs> I'm a real person. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of having employees and managing too many things by yourself, um, I've been moving things. Like literally my partner is moving in, so. Full disclosure, everyone, <laughs> that's happening. <laughs> so what I appreciate about your list, the two things that stood out to me was, one, the um, the type A personality, because that's who I am, and I've worked for type A people, and I've worked for people who are really go with the flow, who are founders, and founder syndrome is terrifying, and I'm terrified <laughs> of becoming, like, the shadow side. I'm terrified of becoming Darth Vader when I really want to be Luke Skywalker. So um, I, I appreciate this. <laughs> I'm like... You never heard of founder syndrome? Oh, okay. So founder syndrome's where... Yeah. All right. So actually, I'm sure we could totally ask Google, too, if someone wants to do that and define it. But it's um, it's it happens a lot in tech startup companies, I think. But um, but a lot of... I've worked in tech education um, here in Oakland, and, and Oakland is, like, the baby of tech education right now. It's, like, the whole... It's, like, where it began um of uh, organizations and then of course like there's a lot of tech startups here and there's social entrepreneurship so founder syndrome essentially is when it's it's your baby right and it's hard for you to let go of your baby essentially which is your business and so either you don't hire a team at all because you're just never going to share your baby or you hire a team because you have to because you're growing and it's sexy and it's new and you're getting hella funding um but then once you have a team it's like you're micromanaging or or you're like 
not and you're just trying to be like the best boss ever like all your shit comes out all your ish comes out like all your baggage around around working with a team and it's and if you if you're not intentional about how you build your team and the structure right like what's our values do we have aligned values this is what our work culture is startup culture is very like go 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 we don't have time to talk about feelings right no the f word is like the bad word (laughs) in my this is my experience right so um it tends to that's how it kind of flares up and it's like and you know and it's like i and i also i hold all the information as the founder right like funding information it's not transparent the pay information like i and i have to and i have to take it all on myself even though i have a team like that's like founder syndrome so um yeah so and i and i i mean woof i i think i need to write a book i don't i mean the universe and i were in negotiations but um i'm being honest because i'm like oh this book is gonna be epic but like there's also something deeper but i've gotten to work with a lot of black and brown um founders um well really black folks black women and black men and and all kinds of people and um i've noted there's a really deep intersectionality between race and gender and class and how when we make it and we get money from funders who are white folks tend to be white foundations and corporations like it's it's like we're sub-oppressing our team because we can't it's so much oppression here and we feel isolated and alone up here because now we're an executive and we're interfacing with these folks that i don't even know how like i don't even have enough support here to process it so then i'm gonna i'm my team is not getting the support they need and instead of acknowledging that i'm like just shutting them down because i can't even handle the situation the situation's oppressive already so anyways that's a quick snippet of my novel coming <laughs> my nonfiction piece about founder syndrome i don't know we'll see um but there's something deep going on and i keep getting access to this experience so i don't know for some reason there's some there's something going on the universe needs me to do something and i'm trying to figure it out but um anyways that was that a type a the second thing i'll just highlight it but i know we're gonna talk about it <laughs> Oh, me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm very self-aware around, like, why that is. Um, But the other thing is, um, what was the other thing that you said? We'll come back to it, but I do want to name that that I really appreciate you saying that you don't have to have, um, like, hella hella money in order to get help. So we'll revisit that. But anyways, why don't you all share, um, like, your why, like, why you think it's hard um or why that stat exists you know that black women are the least likely to have employees in their businesses mm-hmm. well yeah so i shared before like i said for my personal like business it it is just hard to hand over my baby so i feel like it ties in definitely with what you both were saying um yeah for me it was it's it's a releasing of um something that I've built and putting it in the hands of somebody else and being like, now you're in control of whether I eat or not, <laughs> you know? But that's, I think that that's my mental block <laughs> around like yeah. um, hiring employees, but I will say that this year, I think I've gotten a lot better. I have um, kind of figured out what works for me with working with other people. Um, And so I'm still learning it. But this year, I've kind of figured out like, what's working, what doesn't work. Um, Have you seen any 
examples of this like with other black women entrepreneurs like not being able to take that plunge like at the stage where they need to be like any of you where they they really need to and they just won't pretty much okay so when i moved here to oakland i finally was able to you know create a network of other you know black female business owners and for the most part i i can't think of one off the top of my head that actually has a team um that she's leading um most times she's like doing something very creative in the arts and it's just hers you know like she's trading her time for money um yeah so unfortunately i really don't know of any and then the ones that i do um we may have met once or twice and you know i still got to establish that connection and and learn more about um you know how they put their team in place but yeah and that's one of the reasons why you are here is because you are probably one of the only black women entrepreneurs that I know that has a team. Um, I know a caterer that hires people when she's like doing events and things like that, but I couldn't think of uh, too many other people that were, um, had a team that they're leading. So that's why I can't wait to pick your brain about a whole bunch of things. Uh, get ready. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you'd be I'm excited to hear from you as well because the interesting thing is that we're we are on a team. We own an LLC together. <laughs> so our dynamic is also we're learning to work with each other and figure it out. So that's I don't know, it's interesting because I think we're in a cooperative model where it's like it's all equal in equity, right, right now between us because we're the founders. But again, I'm very hyper aware of like wh what does that mean when we bring people on board because we're not we already are at capacity now with a lot of things. So we gonna need to hire people in and figure out like what are we how are we gonna do this and I think about it it keep this is like probably one of my number one things on, at the top of my mind with just be but um, I don't know it's just something that I'd be I'm excited to hear learn from you because it'll apply to that as well in addition to us bringing on help for our businesses yeah yeah and with that we will take a quick break and we will be right back with all of these questions for Charmaine. <laughs> All right, you guys, welcome back. So during our break, I had to make a confession that I didn't know the definition of a type A personality. So I was actually Googling it as Charmaine and Hope were talking. And we realized that some of you may not know what a type A personality is either. So um, I'm just going to read a quick description that Google has for a type A behavior is competitive, ambitious, impatient, aggressive, fast talking. And type B behavior is relaxed, non-competitive. Um, and that is just a quick definition defined by my quick Google search. So welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Camila, where would you put yourself? I'm definitely type B, but I can be type A in certain situations. Mm -hmm. As I was reading it, 
Um, I'm definitely type B like most of the time, but in situations where it comes to like meeting people and conferences and things like that, like I get really excited about meeting people and things like that. So in those situations, I feel like I could be a type A. Where do you put yourself? I'm probably in between. I think just in general, as a regular person, I'm definitely like type B, like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, that's, hi, how are you? Everything's good. And then I think with my business, um, I'm definitely more type A. Like, I have to be the boss with it about everything. Like, everything has to be structured and, you know, on schedule. So what about you? Oh, we already we already identified that. <laughs> I'm a type A. What about you, Charmaine? <laughs> I would say uh, when it comes to business, I'm definitely type A, um, very driven. Um, to me, I'm like my biggest competitor. I time myself on everything, and I want to beat those times. And I want to be like the best that I can be every day. Um, I'm getting a little hyped up just talking about it. Um, and <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm the best ever. Um, and then, uh, you know, when I'm off like work or you know just uh relaxing i can like i can turn that off um so i had to master that um because over time i realized that if i didn't find a way to balance or unplug when i was off the clock um i would just get depressed more i was highly anxious um i was always worried about things and i really had to learn to let it go um and learn to you know take days off and when i do something well actually stop congratulate myself and appreciate that moment um instead of like you know driving ahead to the next challenge um you know so yeah i would say both i'm you know i feel very like you know me and maddie we, we understand <laughs> each other like we're, i think we're both in the middle okay do you think it's a good idea for type a people to work together because <laughs> as i'm hearing you listen i was like huh. i was like do i need to time myself <laughs> i was like this is unhealthy i was like i don't think we're allowed to work together <laughs> Although I really appreciate people who are just as detailed and logistical as I am, who are like, like, I haven't even, like, when I think of it, they're like, oh, that's done already, Hope. And I'm like, it's done. (laughs) My brain is like, I can do things. So I don't know. Do I think it's uh, good for two type A people to work together? Um, You know what? I think if they're working towards a common, um, like, goal or cause and they can um, take turns taking a backseat and not let their ego um, rule them. Um, it can work, um, but they also have to really respect each other. Because as a type A, if you feel like someone is um, not intelligent or they're not quick or they can't do their job, I mean, you won't respect them, and you'll be like, get out of my face. You are, like, stopping me from making my goal. Um, we can't work together. So th- there has to be some kind of um, just mutual respect. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> All right. We need some balance. What do you think? You think it's possible? I think it's I think it's possible. I just yeah, <laughs> it's possible. I just yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of dating, and I've date I can't oh, mess dating. dating. Cool. Well, and I date cisgendered straight men, so and oof, type A men. Yeah, we they might end up in a casket, so that's dating. not gonna work. Dating but but my partner is more um um like go with the flow and like yeah, well. Yeah, well, uh, well, he is, but then he he's also very detailed and particular about his work. So I don't know, he's got some things going on, but but he's definitely balances me out in a lot of ways. But we we've, we've really had to work through a lot because it's 
I think that the dark side of what you're describing, like the lack of respect and like the judgment comes out a lot and I've had to really work on it. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine like three hopes working together. <laughs> like if all of us were you, like, I don't know, because I feel I feel like although I do I do feel like you take time to make sure that like you're very like we're all like on the same page and that, you know, everybody feels comfortable and that everything's out in the open. But I feel like. Yeah, the, the like we don't have like the same like go 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 like that you have, and so I'm like I wonder what that would look like if we were like all on go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like yeah. Well, I I I feel like we are all on go. It's just it's just is it just looks different on go. Yeah, my and I don't know what other way to describe it, but like my green light is different from your green light like i don't know <laughs> different shades of go in our yeah. dynamic well yeah and i and i think this is a discussion that we need to have i would love for us to have an episode one day about just working with partners and being in a partnership yeah <laughs> i'm type a i have to add one more thing no i'm just kidding no um the I would offer though that I would identify myself as like a very self aware type A also because of the personal my lifetime same thing like I can't be anxious and freaking out all the time losing sleep uh uh lists and stuff no it's not gonna work um but I think for me like I'm very like I've done a lot of therapy we had like a whole a really good podcast about self care and therapy and. So I like know myself really well and I know my shit, right? I know it comes from my childhood and I know I can break it down and I and I'm and I've learned that from my mentors in leadership development. Like you have to be really intentional about your stuff so that I can see it coming out when I work with folks where I have stuff where I'm like feeling some type of way and I'm like, wait a minute, hope, like what is it really that's bugging you? And like how do you unpack it with yourself? Like that's your own baggage, it's not their stuff. That's your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I I would offer that makes me a better type A. <laughs> No, I do. Yeah. I do feel like you, like Charmaine was saying, that if you're able to put your ego in check and, like, your own emotions in check, then you're fine. So I feel like that is what allows us all to, like, work well together. Mm-hmm. So I think that we've all kind of, like, we try to make sure that our egos are in check and that we're all on the same page and, you know, everyone's comfortable and it's not going to blow up on us. <laughs> yeah, and being clear about our values, like, actually taking time to do that intentional work about, like, what do we value, like you know and like this is what we're about this is what we're trying to work towards and like and acknowledging that and anyways i'll just say that one last thing is you were saying that we're the different green we're different goes is that society tends to privilege one type of go right like type a people are considered leaders mm-hmm. when there's hella different types of leadership styles that are just as powerful yeah. so yeah so figure like yeah so anyways I've also had to really unpack that because I I learned this behavior through my competitive high school that I went to with white kids so to me the winner is not the person who's killing themselves to be successful it's the person who's successful in their own mind and chilling on the beach mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh I definitely money in the bank but yeah Okay, Charmaine, are you ready to get, yes, go through topics? Um, So first off, I just, I, I have so many questions for you. I'm like looking at my list. I'm like, where do I start? Um, But first off, why don't you give us an idea of uh, how many people you have on your team right now 
and what are their positions. But first, like, when did you when did you first hire someone? All right. So pretty much I decided that I wanted to have a team from the very beginning. Um, I've had businesses before where, you know, I was kind of like the only person. Maybe I'd hire someone for like a small project. Um, but for this business, I sat down, I reverse engineered everything about what are the results that I want from this business. And the results were a company where I had freedom, um, where I was able to hire people. Um, I definitely want to hire more people here in Oakland um, and give like the youth a chance um, and work with different nonprofits, um, different people of color. But um, so that's kind of where I started from. I, I knew that's where I wanted to be. And so when I formed the company, um, and then I started looking for people to add on to the team. Um, I kind of structured it right now so that I have five people. Um, so three that handle social media, um, one that handles web design, another one for marketing. Um, I have a setup where they're pretty much um, like temp, like contract to hire. Um, so that gives me the flexibility to work with them, see like what their work ethic is like, make sure we get along um, on a personal level and also a business level. Um yeah, and then from there, you know, convert them into employees. So I'm still kind of like in the beginning of this process. And it's interesting because as I, I'm learning as I go how to manage these different people and their personalities. Um, and my biggest thing, and I was talking about this with Camila maybe like a couple months ago, is how to inspire them to continue to like work hard and to feel like this teamwork atmosphere, mm-hmm. even though none of them are located here in Oakland you know we're all scattered um so I have like monthly meetings like direct reports I want to find out exactly what's going on like what are barriers or hindrance to them performing their job like what can I do to make it better uh, what are any like recommendations that they have um like I'm all ears like I definitely want to be um the type of employer kind of similar to like Gary Vaynerchuk where with his company he's definitely like people first mentality he wants to get to know all of the people that are working for him and then not micromanage them, but give them everything they need to succeed and, like, really work with them along that journey. Mm. Um, so for me, it's all about um, empowerment. Um, and it's interesting because, like, ever since I've had the team together and, you know, we officially launched yesterday. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, so we had a soft launch before that this is, like, you know, this week we're finally, like, you know, going hard. And um, it's just been really, really great. Um, getting to know these people, learning their like their stories, what motivates them, and then me trying to figure out like how I can make you know it better for them. And is this the first company where you've hired someone? Um, yeah, for this longer term, um, definitely. Because before I would just do it, you know, for short term projects, um, you know, things like that, but not something where it was continuous, like day to day. You know, we talk, we communicate, we do, you know, group chats, um, the whole team. So, um, yeah, it's definitely an adjustment, but I do really love it. And it's so nice to take weekends off and be like, you know what? I don't have to do all this. I can hand it to, you know, my teammate or my employee and like they can handle it for me. And just that like peace of mind Mm -hmm. is like priceless. Um, It's really, really nice. And so now that everything's kind of up and running and oh another thing I would definitely say is to make sure you have the systems in place and the processes because if you want to hold someone accountable they have to know exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. um and so you yeah so it's really important to get that in place so that's why it kind of took me like the first couple of months making sure I had everything like documented the whole process they knew the expectations the uh, compensation so 
Yeah. What kind of okay. Yeah. So I would say, let's see here. Okay. So for like the web design, like aspect, um, one of the services that we offer, um, just making sure that you have everything um, together for, you know, when you're doing the wireframing to, you know, putting in the content and et cetera. So everything's kind of laid out. Um, we uh, use Asana, um, which is great. I don't know if you guys use it. You know, for project management. Yeah, we um, use um, Trello. Oh yeah, Trello yeah. too. Yeah, we're I d- trying to use Trello. Yeah, yeah. I love Trello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you guys! I love Trello for like you know, like to do lists, etc. It yeah. takes a place, um, takes a place of paper. But for project management, uh, Asana is definitely my jam. So okay. yeah, and I've heard really great things about MindMeester as well, as far as like online collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things I've been looking at. So yeah. Where, where are your employees based out of? Okay. Yeah, so I have three in Atlanta, and then I have one in L.A., one in New York. So, yeah. So it's interesting trying to coordinate all that with the time zones, but uh, we get it done. You know, we get it done. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm definitely looking. Huh? <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking um, by next year, definitely I want to, like, have more of a team here in Oakland that we can meet. Um you know, that's definitely, like, my goal. How did you find them? <laughs> I'm like, did you go on many dates? I have a we- I have weird eyes right now. I- what do you call it? Googly eyes? Eyebrow eyes? Like, mm. Of your trip. Um, <laughs> so I found them through um, just Indeed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so different, like, online um, job placement. Um, I kind of figured, for me, it'd be better to work with people that I did know and find people that I felt like were a good fit for um, my personality, the culture of the company, and also have the talent and skill. Um, and then later, once everything's a little more established, I can bring on maybe, you know, family and friends, et cetera. But I definitely wanted to make sure everything was kind of ironed out with people that did not know me or the company first. Um, and, you know, and then from there, you know, maybe go with people that, you know, I personally find or, or meet That's or like good. friends. You should repeat that because I feel like people hire their family first. Oh yeah. See, I, I, I know a lot of people that do that. They, uh, you know, try to hire their, you know, cousin or their mom or whatever. And I've seen relationships fall apart um, because of that. Because you know they don't know what they're doing. They don't know um, how to manage people. Um, they don't have everything set up, and so it's like it can really deteriorate their relationship. So I wanted to make sure that I had everything in place and that I knew, you know, kind of like what I was getting into. Um, before I hired, like, a, you know, a personal friend. What are some of the things that you look for when hiring, uh, when when you're hiring? Yeah. Um, I would say I always look for, like, a strong work ethic. Um, it's so it's so interesting. You think, like, oh, of course, you want someone that works hard. Uh, it's kind of surprising how hard it is to find someone that actually has a strong, like, work, work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are really quick to give up. Um yeah, and they don't take, you know, responsibility for their own actions. Um, so I would say someone who's, like, a hustler. Um, so I, you know, one of the women, um, you know, that you know I work with, she is a single mom. And I know she is definitely, um, you know, a hustler. Like, she works so hard. So, yeah, so I would say, like, work ethic, definitely. Um, make sure their personality is a fit, like, can they actually, um, you know, get along with others? I mean, we're not, you know, interacting or being around each other every day in person, um, but they have to, you know, have, like, mutual respect for others. You know, can they communicate? Like, since, you know, we're a virtual team, communication is huge. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. you know if they can't speak up when they're having a problem or there's like something that they don't know like they have to um you know be very vocal about that I know I'm I'm like going over my questions here I (laughs) wanted to kind of speak to that um working uh, a remote working with a remote team versus having an in-person team um and what are some of the differences that you've seen with that and does one work better for you than the other i would say since right now i have a virtual team um i think maybe later on um next year when i get you know a team that's here in oakland um i can do more of a comparison but for the virtual team like i said you know communication is definitely key um yeah you know what i for me i kind of enjoy it because you know, I feel like if they were around me all the time, like right now, since we are getting like off the ground, I would be tempted to maybe look over their shoulder or my manager or ask like a million questions. Mm-hmm. So it's like I really wanted to hire people that had the experience to be like, you know what? I trust you. You're an expert at this. You know, I'm going to give this pass it to you and let you run with it. And then if you have any problems, let me know. And then, you know, we do like our weekly check ins. Um, so it definitely helps me. Um, Pick people that I feel like will work hard and that I, I can feel like uh, trust them. What do you find is the difference like in your your income, your revenue um, between like you working for yourself and you having a team? Um, like I said, since this is uh, so kind of new, I don't really have the stats just yet. But um, just based on like the people that I have and just their, you know, more opportunities for business, um, it should at least double, um, if not more. But you know, later on, um, you know, when the dust settles, I can, you know, share that information with you. I have two questions. The first one is how um, when you said that you look for folks who are hardworking, um, how did like what was your interview process? Like, did you have like interview questions or like an assessment you gave them? Like, how do you measure for? Um, well, in my last job, it was called industriousness. But for me, I, I see it as someone who. If they have a problem, they're not going to just sit and wait for instructions. They're going to, like, mm-hmm. go and, um, what's the word, take initiative and just, like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you – I'm curious how you measured for it or how you figure it out. Okay. Yeah, so pretty much um, the interview process I did in three steps. So the first one, I was just trying to see if it was good, like, personality fit. Um, and then the second one, um, I just tested their talent. Um, so whatever I was hiring them for, um, you know, pretty much give them like a test or some kind of challenge to see, um, you know, how they resolved it. Um, and then also I had them explain it to me, like, why did they come to that decision? Like, you know, what are the things that they did? Um, so that helped me kind of understand, like, see where their head is at. Um, yeah. And then the for the third part, um, I pretty much would also just put them on the spot. Um, so I'm going to start hiring some salespeople soon. So for the first interview, you know, I'll try to get to know them. Second interview, kind of test them on the knowledge of their skills, maybe give them a test. And then after that interview, give them some of the materials. And then on the third one, have them sell me. Um, so I think just, you know, and as you go through the process, just, you know, getting to know them. And I, I also believe as a woman, we can kind of trust our gut. Like, you know, if someone's going to be good fit to the team or if they're going to be a complete nightmare. Um, so (laughs) yeah, I think that helps as well. And then I know we talked before a little bit about, um, women being afraid of how they're going to finance paying someone. Like how, how do you suggest somebody goes about doing that? I think if you are just like, so say you're a solopreneur, you're by yourself. Um, I would say take baby steps and start doing bartering. 
um, you know, so look for someone that may need your services or products, work with it that way. Um, you can also um, try to do like an internship, um, you know, have people sign up for that. Um, yeah, but honestly, just all I can say is just like really just start small, just start with one person um, and then just kind of take it um, from there. But I would say where there's a will, there's a way. And if you really want your business to grow, um, you know, you should just try to like brainstorm different options. I have a follow up question to that. So how well, if you feel comfortable, like how are you currently financing your team right now, like and being able to pay them? Um, and then have you had challenges with offering like a competitive wage? Because that's the thing I worry about in the Bay and, and a livable wage. Um, and I like have a lot of integrity around it. And then the final piece to that is how have you financed it? Like, have you ever taken out like a business loan or anything like that? I pretty much financed the company just from the passive income that I already have coming in from my other companies. Um, so for me, coming to the Bay Area where people are raising millions and millions of dollars based on some idea and, you know, they're like pre-revenue, that to me is very foreign. I've always like bootstrapped and, you know, used my own money, my own savings. Maybe it's just because like, Maybe I maybe I'm not learning from the system. Maybe I should be going out raising. But um, yeah, so it's self-funded, um, you know, based on you know prior business success. Um, and then as far as the compensation, right now, like so I can scale as quickly as possible. I'm doing it based on like a percentage, um, you know, compensation like per project. Um, so they're signed on to work for me. You know, some are part time, some are full time. Um, but yeah, they're getting a percentage of you know whatever the work comes in. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to, like, uh, save up the cash flow and the revenue so that when this time comes in, like, a couple months, at the end of six months, um, I can pay full-time livable wages. I don't want to pay people subpar, um, you know, income where they can't survive. And especially here in, you know, Oakland, when I want to hire people in the Bay Area, like, you know, it's not cheap, you know. So I definitely want to set up you know, different revenue streams in the business. And so even with the Happy Spark Media, I'm going to start publishing, you know, themes and, you know, different um, products that can be a little bit more passive and can continually sell to, to you know, to build up that up um, so I can hire some really great people. Yeah, because I, I love Oakland. I want to stay here and I want to help um, the people that are here. So I'm looking forward to, you know, working with different nonprofits, helping kids. Um, you know, there are people of color, you know, get into the, you know, the industry. Have you ever taken out a business loan before? I have not. I have not. <laughs> not even a micro loan, a Kiva zip loan. Have you heard of Kiva? Yes. Okay. Just yeah. wondering. Kiva sounds amazing. And I did meet, I went to some, um, like black, um, uh, like it was some black event at, uh, you know, the city center here in Oakland, um, yeah, or Kiva, Kiva came in and, and talked, and this seemed like a really great organization. But no, I, I haven't, um, but maybe in the future. What I'm doing now is I'm getting to know VCs, like, on a personal level, um, you know, as my friends. And later on down the line, you know, if I want to raise or something like that, you know, I can call them on the phone. You know, they're my friend. Right now, I'm just, like, getting to know everyone. And it just, like, just trying to offer a value. You know, like, how can I help you? Like, I just met you, Camille, and I was just like, I was like, am I sending her too much stuff? I was just trying to send you links. Send you like, oh, this may help you. You may like this, you know, and just really trying to help um, other people, you know, here in the Bay. Can you define what a VC is? Oh, sorry. A VC is a venture capitalist. Um, So normally it's like a bigger company that will invest in, you know, early stage companies. 
Um, and what I did is, even when I was in San Diego, I read all up on the VC like culture and tech. I did that for like five or six years, um, just learning all the lingo as far as seed, you know, seed round, Series A, et cetera, unicorns. And so when I moved up here, and now I'm among my peers, like I actually just made a connection with a guy who raised over a million dollars for his business through a VC. He's a, a black male um, business owner. And just to be able to talk in a way that's very intelligent about it, like understanding what a term sheet is and, you know, all the dynamics with it. Like, I don't know, it was just really interesting being here and, and just seeing it in action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I would say, like, you know, if you're a solopreneur, like, just constantly be ready, study up, study up, because you never know who you're going to meet and how they can advance your business. You probably just answered uh, one of my final questions. I was going to say, what would be your last piece of advice for an entrepreneur who is burnt out, (laughs) but at capacity, at capacity, and, uh, but nervous to take the step to hire somebody. What is a key piece of advice you can give to that uh, black woman entrepreneur? Um, That is a really, really great question. Um, well, besides, like I said, starting small and, you know, try bartering or just doing it like a short part time, you know, try for a month, you know, baby steps. Um, I would also say it's a lot easier to, um, outsource work that you hate or that you are not good at. And you know that it takes you forever and, you know, it's been on your to-do list, you know, for over a month and you haven't gotten around to it, but really subconsciously it's because you hate doing that task. Um, I would say look into that. So play to your strengths, um, know what your weaknesses are, and in those weaknesses, find people that are outstanding at that mm-hmm. and talk with them. And you know what? You'd be surprised at like how kind and genuine and, and nice people are. Um, so you can explain your situation and you know just just work it out. But I would just say, you know, let go of the fear of control and the worrying and all that stuff, and just go for it. You know, and just find you got to find a way. Like, is your sanity worth it? Is there a price on that? Yeah. I'm going to say what Camila told me, or she was I like, know, was like <laughs> she was like, <laughs> you are going to die. <laughs> no, thank you so much, Charmaine. She did, like, she asked me, we had an episode previously, and Cam- I was telling Camila, I was like, I'm stressing out. I can't do this anymore. I'm not sleeping. I don't have any time for myself. And she was like, you're going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's so, like, you need to hire someone. Yeah, Pope gave yeah. us a very like analytical, professional answer, and I was like, or if you don't hire someone, you will die. Yeah. That's that's exactly. No, thank you for that bit of advice, Charmaine. Like, I feel like that's super helpful for me, just listening to you, and then just for you know all of our entrepreneurs that are listening. Yes, it gives it gives me hope. <laughs> oh, my name is Hope. Hope. hope gosh that's weird okay um I, I really do forget that my name is hope but i'm not being facetious okay um really quickly what you were saying about yeah. um that you've been bootstrapping um and that this whole pre-revenue thing is new to you but i did just want to say that that's because of slavery black people she did it. black she people did it. hashtag slavery <laughs> yeah black people i tell people all the time because i listen to business podcasts and they had this whole podcast on bootstrapping and i was like bootstrapping it's called being broke and black like that's what it's called like can we be real about let's do a study of all the entrepreneurs who are bootstrapping they're probably mostly brown and female so like 
you know, we don't have access to capital like that. And I don't know if you're familiar with the stats on black women in venture capital. It's abysmal. Ooh. So that's like a whole nother episode. We I did a it's like what, less than one. It's just it's, it's zero. It's, it's just sad. It's zero point four percent. But yeah. as I said in that episode, that's zero. Yeah. Well, but in capital, on average, we raised th- about thirty thousand, whereas the average white guy that fails raises a million dollars. Like he. Oh, 1.3, right. But, and, and, like, he gets to go, like, play with that, like, pocket change. You know, it's just deep how, like, we're not even... Anyways, and that also relates to the, probably the myth of the black woman because of the black power of the, of the strong black woman because, you know, like, we're not allowed to go play with money. We have to keep it real and be all responsible and shit. Thank you so much for listening to this segment, and we will be right back with our Tell Me Why. All right, you guys, welcome back. Now we're back to my favorite segment of the podcast, and it is Tell Me Why. And I'm looking at everybody's face in the room, and everybody looks like they got a good Tell Me Why. Everybody's, like, smiling like they can't wait to <laughs> to say it. So I'm going to let our guests go first and have Charmaine tell me why. Okay. Tell me why. I cannot stop thinking about your podcast that you did on Black Wall Street. It has been, yeah, it, shout out to you, ladies. Um, it has been on my mind, like, ever since I listened to it and just thinking about, you know, how we aren't taught this in schools and how black people have, you know, the definitely the capacity, the, the intelligence, we have everything and we've made it before, um, and it's, you know, literally been burned to the ground. And the only one I had known about was Rosewood, um, you know, which happened in Florida around the same time as like 1923 or so. It was like a really prosperous. Yeah, it was a really prosperous town, you know. Yeah, really prosperous town in Florida. And something happened, I think, also with the white woman saying she was being raped or something. And, you know, the white men and women came in and, you know, kind of literally tore that uh, town apart. That was really prosperous. So. Yeah, it just really got me thinking about that and just the cyclical nature of black business development and how we have to navigate um, in a system that isn't really built for us. Um, then it got me thinking about my own like convictions, you know, like, you know, I need to buy more, you know, b- from black businesses. Like I already have a, like a black attorney or a black accountant. I try to hire as many as I can to keep the, you know, the dollar flowing in the ecosystem, but... I'm like, I can do better. Is it going to Target? Where else can I go? You know? Are you going to say it? Okay, go. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Oh, okay. All right. Just to speak to that really quickly, because I feel like, yes, we do want to find out how to buy from black people for different products. But in one of our past episodes, we asked about where to buy toilet paper from black people. And... Someone respond. Thank you so much to our listener who responded. I really appreciate that. She responded. She gave us like a whole bunch of things. Like you could buy this and that and toilet paper. Yes, we're gonna find the answer real quick. But yes, we will link it to the show notes so y'all can go buy your toilet paper and paper towels from a black-owned business. Okay, I will be wiping my butt with <laughs> with toilet paper from a black-owned business. So I appreciate that. with that being said Monty what's your tell me why okay tell me why I okay so as y'all know I'm a vendor I'm a a creative artist I create um, like little wearable pieces of art 
and um, I'm black and Mexican, so all of my pieces are are a mixture of black and Mexican cultures. And so I do all of the Day of the Dead events, and it starts in October and ends like in November. But it's just weekend after weekend after weekend of just events. So I'm tired, and I feel really excited that like all of these events are over. I can relax a little bit, and um, but that's not the bulk of my tell me why. My tell me why is that this past weekend I was at the Facebook Day of the Dead. And there was this little boy across from me, and his name is Tyler Gordon. So if you want to find him, his, we he's link him in the show notes. we will do that. But he is at official Tyler Gordon. Um, but he is this wonderful little ten or eleven year old boy. He paints, and it looks professional. He started less than a year ago, and he paints from memory. So he has a photographic memory, and he paints like people's faces and not like the outline of their faces he paints the shadows of their faces but you can tell exactly who it is with every single picture he paints it is amazing he blew me away and I was like why are people I mean I know people were impressed um but I was just surprised at how like how like why aren't people walking around just talking about him like I I was like can okay yeah. Like, if you didn't have a family already, I would adopt you. <laughs> and I want, like, three of you. So, universe, please give me three little babies like that that are amazing and, like, you know, have all of this wonderful talent. I just got to say that um, Maria is an artist. The thing is, when you look at him, you understand and you appreciate it so much more because you understand what it takes to make something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and also, I mean, I kind of dibble and dabble in drawing, but... You know, just to see the kid, because she showed videos of him, you know, creating the art. Um, he's not cheating. He's not using, like, a projector and a grid and, like, you know, scaling everything out, which, you know, you could do now as an artist. Everything's, like, very digital. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just, like, homegrown talent, and I was really impressed. So I would definitely be clicking on that little link and, you know, finding his, uh, his art. Yes, go follow him. He's amazing. And I think he was also on Little Big Shots. And he's going to, like, other countries to be on their shows about amazing little kids that are doing awesome things. So that is my tell me why. So, Camila, what's your tell me why? Well, my tell me why this week is, speaking of being a black woman boss, um, I had to, like, boss up on a delivery company the other day because... They were like three days late delivering my package. And every day they're like, oh, our truck was stuck in wherever. We didn't get to you, blah, blah, blah. So tell me why I had to like, that's when you were speaking about being a woman entrepreneur and how we're always taught to be nice and be polite and whatever, and how in business you can't always do that. That definitely spoke to me because yesterday I had that moment where I had to boss up on somebody and let them know they can't do me like this. Second of all, I'm not paying for this. And third of all, give me what I respect and do follow through with what you're supposed to do so tell me why i had to like totally boss up on a trucking company who will be named anonymous i feel like busting them out but who will will keep anonymous um oh well i want to get my product first 
Like, I'm not going to ask. Are you still don't have your product? No. It's, it's coming on a pallet, so it had to come on a trucking company. No, no. It's something I ordered. It's coffee mugs. It's coffee mugs that say Girls Hustle Harder. And I ordered them. Yes. And you'll get one. And <laughs> But they're coming on a pallet because there's over 200 of them. And this trucking company is just taking forever. So I had to boss up on somebody the other day. I had to put my professional voice on, you know, where you have to, excuse me, I'm going to need to speak to your manager. Like, you're not helping me. This is ridiculous. That one. And I love that uh, I I had a customer one time. She used this line that um, uh, she said you can always throw out there is, there is a guy on the news here in the Bay Area name is Michael Finney. And what he does is he goes and speaks to businesses that don't follow through with their business. And so I always use my, do I need to call seven on your side? <laughs> Michael Finney. Oh, no. <laughs> my dad told me that. I, there was like this car company that was a rental company that was trying to like get me to pay money that I didn't owe them and um my dad was like you need to call seven on your side and I was like what (laughs) he was like they'll just call them and scare them away and then they won't ever call you again and I was like oh my god like people actually do this I guess people do that's what I heard so yes that's my tell me why boss up boss up all right my tell me why. Let's see. I have a few. One. <laughs> um, I'm like, where do we begin? Okay. Tell me why the president of the United States, Donald Trump, cannot pronounce the word diversity. Has anyone seen these videos? Yeah. No. You're going to have to look. He left out the T. He can't pronounce the word diversity. What did he say? What? Diversity. Yes. No diversity yes and it's on you know i'd be watching comedy comedies get me through this era so i'd be watching trevor noah and i'd be watching um oliver um what's his name the british guy mm-hmm. oh, trevor noah? no 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 uh john oliver thank you um and well actually and and i listen to democracy now that's my political like i don't know it just makes me feel at home my mom's a journalist so um and they also played the clip <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you know what that means? That means that man does not use that word in his daily life or ever. Mm-hmm. And he's the president of the United States. America. Huh. I'm not going to lie. It was just very, I know, but it's it's just like, wow, the disconnect, another planet. Anyway, so I just, I don't know, for me, I was just like, okay. Um, And then the second tell me why is, um, I was like, where is it going? Oh, tell me why, since we talked about, these stats, right, of black women at least likely to have employees and then self-care about needing to get help, be- otherwise we're going to die, quoted no by Camila. No biggie. No biggie. We're just going to die. It's fine. Yeah. No no probs. <laughs> no probs. Um, I've been really, like, realizing that in all aspects of my life, I need to have people help me. So, and I mean, I'm type A, so that also means that, like, and and as an older child, like, I've had to take on a lot, and it's coming from my lived experience. So 
you know, I tend to like take on a lot because, and then I happen to, I, I think I'm good at it. I'm logistically pretty good at that stuff. So then I just let things fly by the wayside. So like with my housemates, for example, I had this epiphany where I was like, why am I doing everything for the house? <laughs> like, what? And I like wrote them a long email and I was like, hey, like this isn't going to fly. I can't do everything anymore. I'm not going to. No. Like I'm the master tenant. So like I manage a lot of things. But that that came up and then we I just hired movers for my boo to move in. So I'm just I'm just realizing that it's like I need all the help I can get. I also need to make more money so I can just pay people to help me. But that's like a whole other can of worms. Um, but I do want to share a cool little tool. Um, it's an app called the um, called Get Magic. Have you guys heard of it? Mm-hmm. So it's a personal assistant and it literally just texts you and it says, hi, what do you need today? And you can get anything from them that's their business model is you can they will try to make any request accommodate any request it's called it's called it's called magic but their website is getmagic.com i think and i mean any request so it's like in their faqs it's like it's and i learned about it back in the day when i was working in tech education so they'll do anything from like yesterday i was like i need 20 boxes delivered to this address in san leandro by six o'clock what you got and they're like let me work on that and they were like, yeah, I got this courier. Here's how much it'll cost you. And I was like, no, I need it to be this smaller. And then we, like, negotiated. And they were like, yeah, cool, it'll be there. And I was like, what? <laughs> but they'll do that. Or they'll do, like, I need a, an exciting date every Friday night. Seriously. Or, like, I need a party to go to tomorrow. Like, you, the most obscure thing you could possibly enter into this thing. And that's, like, their business model. I need a pink polka dot dress at this address at this time. It's worthwhile. And it's definitely worthwhile for business owners. So... Um, we can link to that as well. Maybe y'all will sponsor us, Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, super fun. It's kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm going to be like t- totally maniacal and try something random and see what happens. Um, so before we say goodbye, I just want to say um, thank you, ladies, so much. Like, I'm so happy that I met you all. You guys are such like an inspiration. Like, yeah, just thinking about your journey, and I can't wait to see where you guys go in the future. And, um, yeah, I'm just so proud. Yeah. So that's it. I just want to express my gratitude. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been, thank you. I feel like we, I just met you recently. And I mean, I think we all just met you recently, but it feels like so, I don't know. I'm just super excited. Yeah. I feel like it's like kindred spirits and I'm super, I appreciate your praise. Cause like you, you know, I think we're oh, exhausted and no, it's hard. reassuring. Yeah. No, I told yeah. Like, I, I told it was so she know, brought us snacks. Yeah. How like, sweet is that? That's why we need a black woman entrepreneurship network. So we can feed each other. Yes. Oh my god, thank yes. you so much, Charmaine. I almost started crying right there. I was like, We've been working so hard. Thank oh, you. See. You see us? I see. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That's what Just Be is about, is having that community definitely help us with the business side of our businesses, but also just feeding our souls and our mental health and everything else. I do want to let everybody know where they can find you. So where can people find you and acquire your services? Okay, yes. So um, you can uh, find our website, uh, happysparkmedia.com. Um, we also have uh, Facebook and Instagram, um, you know, at happysparkmedia. So, yeah, send me, um, contact me online. You can also email me at info at happysparkmedia.com. 
um, you know, just let me know what you need and we can work on it for you. And I also wanted to offer your listeners a 20% discount um, on our services. So, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We will definitely put the link for that in our show notes as well as the discount code. And y'all need to get your social media services up. So contact her. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.